Welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Jade Belexa. You'll want to listen up to this. We're discussing healthy hearing today with hearing instrument specialist Marshall Craig. He joins me now from Paget Hearing Aid Center in Texarkana to discuss this important topic. Thank you so much for being here via Zoom, Marshall. Hi, Jade. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here again. Absolutely. So tell us, what are some ways we can practice healthy hearing? Well, I think there's there's several ways. I think it's being aware of your surroundings more than anything. Uh, there's the world's a noisy place. There's lots going on around, and you know whether it's lawnmowers, power tools, you know, going to concerts, uh, firearms, things like that. Wearing earplugs as much as you can, protecting those uh, those precious ears and everything that goes into it. Uh, you know, turning down the volume uh, when you're in your car or, or when you're watching TV, uh, some other causes, you know, that, that we think of that would be, you know, proper or healthy would be using ear, uh, using uh, Q-tips rather. And uh, those are things that uh, you want to avoid, just some basic things, but use your best judgment when you're, when you're in, you know, abnormal loud environments, either get out of them or, or use earplugs more than anything. And what are some signs of hearing loss and how can I take charge? Absolutely, I think there, there's several signs. I think there's things that we see uh, more regularly than, than you would think, especially with, with family, uh, family and friends and loved ones, uh, you know, complaints of, of lack of clarity, things being muffled, uh, dizziness, ringing in the ears, trouble understanding. Uh, speaking of the TV earlier, turning the volume down, someone that you're around or spend time with, if their TV uh, and movies are really loud, then there's probably something going on there. Um, so those are some of the basics that we really look for early on. What are some treatments for hearing loss? So there, there's several. Um, it depends on the, the degree and severity of the hearing loss, uh, but really some of the most common things is wax. Wax removal, uh, being blocked or occluded with wax. Uh, obviously, Q-tips can play into that. Uh, having that removed uh, and making sure that your ear canal and eardrum uh, are in the best health possible. Uh, beyond that, the, the main treatment I think that everybody thinks of is hearing aids. Um, hearing aids have come a long way really in the past five years, but especially in the past 10. It is uh, not your, your mom's or your, your grandparents' hearing aid of old that a lot of people think of. Uh, so hearing aids would probably be the most popular thing. Uh, they come in a range of different sizes and styles and, and price points and technology. So that's going to be your, your most direct response because if it's digital, it is a direct response to the loss in play versus just amplifying and turning everything up louder. Um, lastly, when you get beyond hearing aids, there's something called a cochlear implant. Uh, that is a surgery that would be discussed with a cochlear surgeon uh, for candidacy and is it uh, a right viable option. So that's really a, you know, really extreme, severe, profound losses 
uh, tend to, to move into that. But, um, you know, as far as hearing aids, going back to that briefly, we can reach a lot more hearing losses uh, and treat a lot more degrees and, and, and slopes of hearing loss that, that maybe we couldn't uh, some time ago, you know, even as far back as 10 years ago. So hearing aids will probably be the most common, uh, you know, check in with your hearing care professional for wax, and then in real extreme cases, a cochlear implant. So when someone comes to you, how do they know which hearing aid is best for them? So uh, several factors go into it. It, it. Hearing is part of it. How do I hear what we call pure tone sound, testing in specific frequencies and at what decibel levels? Uh, so, so hearing is the basic starting point of it. Going beyond that is really about figuring out how we understand, how your brain is interpreting these things around you. Is it, is it just sound? Is it clarity? Is it a combination of both? Um, so being able to, you know, get a, dir a direct response to what the loss is, to create clarity, a lot of that comes from the testing that we do. Speech testing or speech reception, word recognition, speech and noise test, doing that in addition to the peer tone testing where we get direct response at particular frequencies, all that's good, but really knowing how we can apply that, uh, those are the tests that come more into play uh, that are a little bit more advanced than, than say they were in the past. Mm -hmm. um, you often think of, of older people dealing with hearing loss, but do, do you see young people too? Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, the, the older generations are, are always going to have uh, more loss that, that we see on a regular basis just because of aging. Uh, the medical term is presbycusis, that is age-related hearing loss. So obviously the, the majority of our, our patient base is uh, older um, now how do we classify older we are seeing it, it more in younger people especially since the pandemic uh, wearing ear pods or, or earbuds in their ears wearing headphones completely submerged in it and just listening to things too loud uh, sure it may sound better but that continued noise exposure uh, is going to cause trouble in the long term uh, so we are seeing it uh, more often. I think it's really the, the biggest thing is creating a baseline, whether you're you know, a teenager, whether you're in your, your early 20s and 30s, definitely into your 50s and 60s, making it something that's an annual or every two years, just so you know. Uh, I think knowledge is a big part of it, knowing that there is something there that we need to start thinking about it, or we're stable and, and things are good and we're not having any issues and, and noticing the things that, that may be going on around us that uh, we mentioned earlier. So we have Jackie on the line right now. Good afternoon to you, Jackie. What is your question? Um. Yes, my husband uh, has wore, uh, had hearing aids for quite 
And when he sits and watches TV, he will take his hand and put it behind his ear and listen to the TV like that. Okay, so that totally makes sense. Uh, I say this with my patients all the time. I mean, our ears are shaped this way for a reason. It helps us pick up more of what's going on around. In my opinion, and of course this would, we would need to see, or or anybody for that matter, need to, to diagnose how the hearing aids are working. Are they working properly? Have they been cleaned recently? Have they been adjusted? Uh, recently and and things like that. So uh, if those things haven't been done, specifically the cleaning of the hearing aid, that would probably be my first step is to have the hearing aids diagnosed, look at the integrity of them, are they working properly? And then from there, look at either updated adjustments in programming or using uh, a new test to get some more accurate information as to what may, may be going on. All right, thank you, Jackie. So sticking to that topic, Marshall, how can someone maintain their hearing devices and how often should, should we do that with our hearing aids? Yes, that is, gosh, dramatically important. I mean, uh, it is a digital electronic device. It's a it's a mini computer that you wear on your body. Uh, so the things that hearing aids are exposed to are, are things that that we are exposed to as people on the go. You know, sweat, dirt, dust, oil from our skin, oil from our hair. Uh, you know, rain, moisture in the air. We're in a very humid area. All those things can ultimately affect how the hearing aid picks up, the external microphones, how they pick up, and then send the rest of that signal uh, through the, the process. So, you know, being able to maintain them, it's something the wearer needs to look at at least weekly, if not daily. If, if there's wax coming out, uh, that needs to be addressed what was the day like? What were we exposed to? Uh, it's hot, it's easy to sweat, you know, and then again, the moisture in the air. So, uh, you know, beyond looking at them from a user perspective, it's also uh, routine maintenance by a professional, being able to take them apart, uh, vacuum and, and change filters, uh, change wax guards, change earbuds, things like that. So the professional side of it, you know, you need to do that at a minimum twice a year, if not quarterly, three to four times a year. That way we can make sure they're in proper working condition, make sure that you're getting the right benefit from them as the user uh, and, and build off of that versus, well, I, I wear it until it works and then, you know, we have to fix it. We have to get it in for repair. but. Uh, very simply, uh, and a lot of wearers wear glasses as well. If you're wearing your glasses and cleaning your glasses regularly, you need to look at your hearing aids as well because they're exposed to the same things. Good advice there. And Marshall, are there any like new updates with hearing aids 
aids you'd like to talk about? Are there any new technology with them that you'd like to tell our viewers about? Yeah, you bet. So, so we are in the the age of artificial intelligence. AI is everywhere, and uh, hearing aids are no exception to that. Um, we're really able to pinpoint things and, and and make them much more accurate than we were in the past. So, being able to build a direct response. Uh, having the, the proper amount of bands and channels so that we can program them properly. Uh, again, it's all a direct response. Once we do the hearing test, once we get our pure tone results, we can plug that directly into uh, our programming software and, and have science tell us, you know, this is what it should be, this is what we can do and how we can correct it. From that point, we let the hearing aid do a lot of the work. There is personal manipulation that, that each patient can do, whether it's volume, uh, changing settings for particular environments. Uh, but now we can have the hearing aid do a lot of that work on its own. It learns uh, by itself. It learns itself. It learns the environments that you're in, that you're in. It learns how you manipulate the hearing aids via volume and different settings. So from there, it can make those uh, changes uh, almost proactively. It knows it's fixing to come. It's going to make those changes automatically for you. And then beyond that, we can really read what the hearing aid is doing. Not only how the patient is responding to it, vitally important. Are we having issues and are we having trouble? If so, what are those? And then we can look at them in more depth through the, the data that the hearing aids provide to us. So, um, you know, again, I always go back to, it's not the hearing aids of old. Everybody's got the concept of that big beige thing that was behind the ear uh, that maybe grandpa wore or something like that. Um, but it's just not that anymore. We've got artificial intelligence, as I mentioned, uh, Bluetooth is hugely popular, being able to Bluetooth from your cell phone when compatible. So you get your phone calls in the hearing aids, you can stream the television to them. Uh, rechargeable, uh, rechargeable hearing aids are very popular now as well, so that you're not having to mess with batteries and scramble to get those uh, when that battery goes out. So. Uh, lots of cool stuff. I mean, it's it's really, we're obviously in, in that digital age of technology. TVs are not what they used to be. Computers are not what they used to be. Phones, hearing aids are right there along in that same, uh, you know, digital technology wave of things that are just better all the way around. It's more efficient. It's a better response and ultimately gives the, the patient uh, you know, better ease of use uh, for that clarity and volume when needed. Absolutely. And when it comes to insurance, does does insurance cover some of these costs when when you decide to get a hearing aid? I think there is some coverage. Uh, in my professional opinion, there's not enough coverage for hearing aids. Um, there are some programs out there that do. 
Uh, we will check gladly check any and all insurance that comes through, uh, but it, some of that is is based on the guidelines of those policies too. Uh, I wish I could say that there was more out there. I wish I could say that there was coverage uh, on every policy. I feel that there should be. It's the same as as dental insurance or vision insurance. Uh, but if it's there, we can find it. We'll always look for it, um, you know, in terms of being able to help with, with the costs some there. You know, we do offer payment uh, options, payment plans uh, with Paget Hearing. So uh, if it's there, we're always going to look for it. We definitely want to find it. Uh, but sometimes it, it, it's, it's not what we would think it would be, but we're always going to check. And would you say it's important to, to to see someone like you to get fitted for hearing aids? I've I've seen commercials where maybe you can just uh, maybe just order something online and and maybe not get fitted properly. Um, should should someone see a, a person like you to to get tested and and fitted properly? Yes, I, I would say 100%. Seeing if you are seeking treatment for hearing loss, you need to see a hearing professional, whether it's a specialist like myself, audiologist, ear, nose, and throat doctors, otolaryngologist. We all work in the in, with ears, so to speak, but there's different specializations there. Um, you're not going to get the right response if you don't know what you're looking at. And if it's not tied to a hearing test, it's really just going to make things louder. So um, there, there's certain things that need to be evaluated and looked and, and make sure that they're in good standing. Yes, the, the health of the eardrum is good. We don't have a hole in the eardrum. We have a sensory neural response uh, so that we know the outer ear and inner ear are responding the same way. So there are there are several tests that, that have to be done at the core of all of this. Otherwise, you're just making things louder. And louder is not always better. Even when we're corrected uh, digitally, just because we make things louder doesn't mean they're better. So seeking uh, a specialist, a hearing care professional that understands what we're looking at, uh, understands not only the testing, but the technology. Uh, we can offer follow-up care, uh, whether that's programming, wax removal, things like that. So um, the things that are on TV and online is not what myself or we at Paget Hearing do. Um, so I would definitely recommend, you know, see a professional uh, when you're ready to seek treatment so that you can get, you've got somebody in your corner that, that can help you along the way. How common would you say hearing loss is? Much more common than we think. I think the the total uh, amount that, that we looked at was roughly about 20% globally. So it's much more, you know, looking at that on a, on a global scale. So upwards of 20% of the world population has hearing loss. Uh, a lot of that is undocumented. Uh, still to this day, and, and probably always will, we see people that haven't had a hearing test since grade school, since they were, you know, uh, before they were in their 20s. And so many things can change over that time. 
most hearing loss does not just, we just wake up and it's not there. It can happen, but most of it's a gradual fade. It happens over life. It happens due to noise exposure. There, There's family history that we don't know about. So um, 1.5 billion is the number um, that, that we're seeing. Uh, so 20% of the global population, uh, I think that follows to about 10% of the U.S. population uh, has hearing loss. So much more common than you think. Uh, and a lot of times even a mild loss can cause difficulty. And the response is, well, that, you know, it is what it is. Well, that can be fixed now. Same with glasses. You know, we're, we're doing it to make things better and clearer and more efficient so that we can communicate better and more efficiently as we go. So much more common than you would think, um, you know, getting the word out that having a baseline test for, for your hearing loss is, is super important. That way more people know it can be treated earlier versus we're in a severe situation and we don't really have an option. We've got to do it now. Severe loss is much harder to fit than a, a mild or moderate loss. So early detection is always best doing that through uh, routine checkups uh, and, and checking on a, on a regular basis. Can you name some loud noises that we really should be protecting our ears from? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the most common would be your lawnmower. Uh, lawnmower is going to be roughly 90 decibels or more. Uh, we get into just your leaf blower. If it's gas powered, it's going to be closer into that 100 decibel range. Chainsaws, exceptionally loud, into the 105 and 110 decibel range. Uh, getting out of uh, maybe you know yard work and things like that. Uh, concerts, uh, loud sound systems. I was at a concert not too long ago and I wore earplugs the whole time and could still hear everything that was going on. Uh, I actually have a, a, a decibel meter that I have. It's an app on my phone. You know, you can have loud restaurants. Loud restaurants can be in the 80, 90 decibel range. Um, you know, if you go out to a nightclub, that's going to be probably pretty loud. So uh, there's a lot of common things that you don't really realize uh, until you do get, you know, if you put on earplugs or earmuffs and do those things and then hear it once you've had them off, it's way louder than you think it is. Those are some of the basics that we see a lot of, you know, and then, of course, people in, in, in industrial environments you know, working around steel or concrete, sawmills, you know, a lot of things have, have progressed to where there's requirements for those uh, workers to wear ear protection, but for so long, none of that was there. So something as simple as a lawnmower can, can do damage over time. So make sure you wear those headphones or those, those earplugs for sure. Can you get back your hearing after you lose it? No, that's the, the, the very simple answer. Um, there is no cure for hearing loss. Hearing aids are a correction. We're correcting the loss. We're aiding the loss or the, aiding the hearing that you have left. Uh, so it is hearing aids are a correction. Uh, 
but there is no cure. There's no reversal. I've, I've seen some some literature here recently uh, that there's some new things coming to market, uh, but from a clinical perspective, from a medical perspective, uh, there is no cure. There's no reversal. We're correcting. We're trying to get it as close as we can uh, with the use of hearing aids to where normal, where we consider normal to be. Uh, but as far as regenerating or bringing that back uh, to where it was, where you were, you know, five years, ten years ago, whatever the case may be, uh, there is no cure to to bring that back uh, to normal standing. So tell us when someone walks in to your clinic, what is what is the process? Does someone just come in for usually um, a hearing test if they need a hearing aid? Can you can you tell me about that? Absolutely. So uh, it's it's going to start with a, a little bit of paperwork. Uh, I know we don't want to do that, but there's certain things that we need to look at. Uh, obviously, we're going to get your ID and insurance cards, get those checked out, uh, but really get an idea of what you and the people that you are, are with, uh, maybe your third party uh, person with you in the, in the appointment, what are, what's going on? Why are we here? What are we experiencing? And get an idea from your perspective. At that point, you know, you would sit in with me or, or one of our other specialists, and uh, we're going to go over those those questions. We're going to see what's going on, um, you know, really get an idea of the reason that we are here. And from there, uh, we're going to look in your ears. We're going to see the, the health of the canal and the eardrum, make sure there's no issues uh, with impacted wax and things like that. Would remove if need be. Uh, if not, we'll move into our hearing test, and that's where we'll do our full battery uh, speech and noise testing, ear tone testing with air and bone, uh, speech reception testing, word recognition testing. Uh, and then from there, that's going to give us our full battery. Uh, we then have a full audiogram to look at and break down. From there, we'll, we'll talk about those results. Uh, if, if hearing aids are needed, we talk about uh, the options there and, and look to move forward in that process. Hearing does not get better, uh, but we do know with aided correction, we can stagnate that decline, uh, keep things in place where they are, keep them there longer, and ultimately improve the quality of life. That's what this is. Hearing health is brain health. So when we can give your brain better information, uh, the quality of life is going to be better. The enjoyment of the people that you're around and the environments that you're in. But it, it really all starts with that test and being able to get that information will tell us where we need to go. Exactly. So are there other um, hearing issues that you all work with too? So in terms of the hearing test, once we get all that information, we've done otoscopy looking in the ears and we get our full battery, we will then know if hearing aids are the solution, if there is loss. Uh, there are certain parameters and certain things that we're looking at uh, to if it, abnormalities, if things are abnormal, if, it, if it's something that's playing in, whether it's impacted wax that we can't get, we can't see the eardrum, uh, the eardrum is infected, we have a, a middle ear infection, we can see fluid in the ear, 
Those are things that we typically refer out uh, to an ear, nose, and throat doctor to evaluate. Uh, but there's once we get things in play, we get our full batteries, we know uh, what we're looking at, then we'll look at hearing aids. But if we need to refer out, we can do that as well. All right. Well, thank you, Marshall Craig, for joining us today. Marshall is with Paget Hearing Aid Center. And Marshall, go ahead and tell us your phone number and how people can reach you before we go. Yes, Jade, thanks so much for having me. So uh, our Texarkana location, we're at 5124 Summerhill Road. The number is 903-794-5839. And then we also have locations in Dequeen, Arkansas and in Hope Park, Arkansas. So that main number that I just gave you, we can get relayed to, to all our other offices and we can find out more once we get on the phone with you. All right, that sounds good. I know myself, I haven't had a hearing test I know in years. I am so <laughs> guilty of that. So I, I need to come in and get myself hooked up and <laughs> test out my ears here. So that's something you that bet. you guys need to go out and, and do for yourselves that Paget hearing for sure. Absolutely, yeah, look to get a baseline. We can answer any and all questions that you have. And uh, if we need to, to look forward or further uh, into hearing devices, we can do that too. All right, well, thank you again, Marshall. And thank you for watching this edition of Healthline 3. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll see you later on in the week.